Hey all, it's Will here, and welcome back again to another episode of the Game Anomicon podcast. Now, we are living in exciting times right now. Of course, part of that excitement is the COVID vaccine rolling out, but more importantly, it is Zine Quest. And most importantly, it is launch week for Warmer in the Winter. Now, it doesn't launch until February 11th, so we still have a couple days to go. But I wanted to go ahead and uh, follow up on our previous episode and talk a little bit more about what makes Warmer in the Winter special so that you, our listeners, and hopefully supporters uh, and backers, can have more of a picture about uh, what we're doing here. So now many of you may know already that the beta rules of the game went out in late 2019, Christmas season, of course. Uh, how appropriate for a game that is based on uh, emulating those Hallmark, Lifetime, Netflix uh, style of Christmas romantic movies. So many of these things you can see uh, at work in that document, though uh, we are updating, tweaking, expanding uh, some of these themes. Um, so let's let's take a look. First, we'll start with something that is exactly the same in uh, our beta rules, and that is uh, the term matchmaker. Now, in a lot of role-playing games, you will see the, well, there's a lot of um, discussion about what this term should be. The person running the game, facilitating, overseeing the game, right? They're, we're all familiar with the function of the uh, game master or other terms that uh, particular games in the genre might uh, have a trademark on. But regardless, you need to call that type of player something if you're going to have them in your game. There are, of course, games that do not have them or where all players share that role. But in Warmer in the Winter, our game master is actually called the Matchmaker. You may occasionally see it abbreviated as MM. But the Matchmaker, I think many folks are familiar with seeing uh, someone, some character of that type of role in uh, a film or TV show, possibly even in real life, uh, where they are trying to set up interesting matches. They're trying to support the people that they know and um, pair them up in ways that lead to success. And so just baked into that term, we want not only the person filling that role, but the other players at the table to always have that at the forefront of their minds. Yes, you want it to be done in an interesting way and tell interesting stories, but uh, it's a rem constant reminder that you're not necessarily adversarial. You may not always make things easy. I mean, different personalities don't always get on uh Famously, but as the matchmaker, you are still looking to facilitate and pair people up to make things happen, to make these sparks fly. So 
there you go. That is one thing that is the, the same in the beta rules as the, the final version we're working on, the matchmaker running the game. Now, next up, we're going to take a look at a feature that is being tweaked some for the uh, next release, and that is the supernatural character. I bring this up next because it's actually kind of related to the matchmaker. The supernatural character actually is kind of a shared character, in some ways a shared resource, uh, through use of providence points that all the players at the table have access to, both the matchmaker and the uh, regular players, shall we say. Uh, now, the matchmaker does have access to more providence points than the other players uh, to give them a little bit more leeway to push uh, the story in this uh, communal direction. But we do get to share some responsibilities, some some power, some abilities to effect change uh, in the world outside of the normal scope uh, through use of this supernatural character. We are expanding on this a little bit. Uh, Going to offer uh, the whole table a little bit more room to um, decide on who that supernatural character is and how they fit into this world. Um, but in a general sense, the idea is still the same. And from a flavor perspective, uh, there are a number of these types of characters around, frequently uh, magical in, in some way. Uh, take, for instance, uh, the pretty recent, I think it was uh, probably the 2019 uh, Netflix film, the night before Christmas, that is the Knigget before Christmas, where there is a, uh, pardon the term, crone, which is part of the gag in the movie, uh, the magical crone, which possibly Mrs. Claus, that actually sends the night in question uh, through time, right, and uh, kind of magically nudges people in the right direction uh, so that he and the, the main character can both learn their life lessons and uh, grow as people and find each other. Uh, other properties that have a, a character of this nature, um, I've said before that Warmer in the Winter also works for kind of lighthearted romantic dramedy type TV shows like, say, Good Witch. And actually in that show, the main character, Cassie, uh, would probably fill this supernatural character niche uh, where she's making little nudges, pointing all these townspeople in the right direction to what they need to find, uh, guests at the end, help them overcome whatever uh, little personal difficulty that they have. So this lets everyone at the table have a little bit of that matchmaker style ability, that, that game master ability to uh, interact with the world. Now, Additionally, now we're going to move on to the last of our features in this episode, and we're going to talk about something that we are adding brand new to the game that was actually not in the beta edition. And one of the things that we 
uh, really ran into were people wanting to know more about kind of sample settings and, and locations and, and ways to, to play up the, those tropes, you know, the little, the, the sweet little inn on the corner, the coffee shop that everybody goes to. So we wanted to um, bring more to the table on that front, give people uh, new places to set their game, uh, kind of footing to start things out. They're not going to be the end-all, be-all of the entire town, but they will help you spell things out so that you can uh, get a feel for things. Uh, and they are actually also going to offer additional capabilities for the players of all kinds of the table to affect things. Uh, they're they're going to offer um, moves that will be able to be triggered, of course, by the GM, but also by the other players to help push the story in certain uh, ways to represent the, the tropes of the genre and the, the types of occurrences and interactions that happen uh, in those locations. The, um, you know, double booked room at the inn or uh, the long lost relative uh, showing up suddenly. Uh, maybe the spilled uh, drink at the coffee shop that leads to a chance meeting, the, these types of things that um, will have a more narrow application in their, their timing and ability than the supernatural character, um, but still allow players uh, multiple ways when combined so that they can alter the world. They can help set things up. Uh, not everything has to be done, of course, by the matchmaker, uh, powered by the apocalypse games, or as I tongue in cheek call this powered by the heart, um, of course, really thrive on that player drive and all players of all stripes at the table. And so we wanted to make sure that everybody had as many tools available as possible uh, to tackle that and to make the world fun, interesting, uh, living and breathing, and to, frankly, complicate each other's lives in fun ways uh, and force everybody to grow as characters and hopefully maybe even the people behind the characters as well. So... Thanks for listening to this episode of the Game Anomicon podcast, and if all goes well, I will probably drop another one while the Kickstarter is running to talk about something new. <laughs>